financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode... Astrotheology in the Bible is the book of Revelation in part an allegory, an allegory of the Zodiac. Among the lampstands was like someone like the Son of Man. This references Aquarius, which is the sign of man, the Son of Man, with a golden sash around his chest. So that's a metaphor for the sun being an Aquarius. The sun is the golden sash around his chest. Hair on his head was white like wool, which comes from a sheep or a ram referencing Aries. His eyes were like a blazing fire. Now it's talking about the blazing sun in Aries. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. This is referencing Aquarius again. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes to subscribe just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. 
Welcome to your Monday. Micah Dank, the author of the Into the Rabbit Hole series of books, is here to discuss astrotheology in the Bible, specifically in the book of Revelation. This idea that religion stems in part from astrological events, which are hidden in allegory and metaphor. So, for example, Jesus is the sun, S-O-N, but also the sun, S-U-N, surrounded by 12 disciples or the 12 zodiac signs. Now, I believe in the biblical narrative. I believe Jesus Christ is who he says he is, the Son of God. But I believe it's possible two things can be true at the same time. In other words, the Bible could also be an allegory. Micah Dank was born in 1983 in Oceanside, New York, and from a young age, he wanted to be a writer, coming from a family of writers. His father was a producer and radio news editor at CBS News in Manhattan, and his grandfather was a producer at CBS News. Micah was an actor in high school and became interested in writing during the 12th grade. From there, he majored in English at SUNY Albany and transferred down to CUNY Hunter College in Manhattan to earn his bachelor's degree in language, literature, and criticism. It wasn't until he moved to Boston for a new job that he became interested in the esoteric sciences, including astrology and astrotheology, which is prevalent in his book series, Into the Rabbit Hole. Hey, Micah, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, thanks. It's always great being on. So, for my listeners not familiar with the concept of astrotheology, just explain how it works. So, astrotheology is basically the mythology of the zodiac and how it applies to, let's say, uh, books in the Bible, apocryphal texts, uh, things like the Enuma Elish, the Great Babylonian Flood story, uh, things of that nature. It's basically, um, there's a cipher and there's hidden codes that once you understand how to decode, you're able to, I guess, get to the bottom of it and see what they're really trying to talk about. Um, there are people who take um, the Bible literally, and this isn't really to take away from that this is just to kind of shine a new light on something and maybe read it in a way that uh has never been read before well maybe not never read before but um read in a different way i should say right right so on one level it's the the story of the bible is really um an allegory of the, the movement of the planets and the you know celestial bodies and so forth as we knew it at that time, yes. Uh, for example, um, there's uh, we now know there's 88 constellations, including the 12 zodiac. But we, at the time the Bible was written, only 48 were known. Okay, so um, let's begin. We're going to talk today about Revelation, and we've done uh, other programs, other episodes on the podcast about that, and uh, I. I will uh, direct people to those episodes in the episode notes if they want to click on those and, and uh, listen to your previous interviews on the program. Before we get into Revelation, uh, this is for new people. Let me let me set the primer for everybody. Let me give everybody the code. Okay. I'm going to go through the 12 zodiac signs real quick. So uh, the let's start with Aquarius. Okay, It's represented by the man with the water pitcher. And it's literally a man holding a water pitcher pouring the water out. So when they talk about things like uh, the, basically, the story behind Aquarius is the story of uh, Zeus and a young boy. He saw a young boy on Earth, and he wanted him in heaven. And he ended up giving his father—I'm summarizing this real quick, by the way—and um, he gave his father uh, a bunch of like livestock and 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 stuff. And he was allowed to take the boy up to heaven. What the boy did was he used to serve the gods ambrosia out of the water pitcher. 
And what happened was one day he got fed up with it and he poured the water pitcher over the side of heaven and it caused the flood. That's where the Greeks get their flood story from. Uh, and what basically happened was uh, Zeus got mad at him, but instead of punishing him, he realized that he kind of took this 14 year old young boy up to heaven. You know, he saw the human side of why he did that. So he basically just, instead of punishing him, he immortalized him as the sign of Aquarius. So when you hear words like flood or water or um, like a baptism, right? Because that's how you baptize someone with a water pitcher. Okay. So right. that's how you basically do that. So those, those are key words for Aquarius. Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Then Aries is the, is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover. For the Jews, that's the Passover of God's passing over Egypt for the 10th plague and smiting the firstborn Egyptians. Anybody that doesn't have the lamb's blood smeared on their door. But in astrotheology, the Passover is March 21st. That's literally the day the sun passes over the equator and starts its hike back up on its way to the summer solstice. Uh, in Christianity, the passing over or the Passover is changed and it becomes the resurrection of God's son, which is why you have Easter, which is the resurrection of Jesus. It's always in Aries. Aries always has the Passover and Easter at the same time. Uh, Aries is the ram and the Jews are the people of Aries. That's about 4,000 years ago. So when they're talking about uh, the Jews blowing the ram's horn to the sky, that's what they're giving homage to. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need as above, so below. You see the bull in the sky, you know it's time to put the plow on the bull on earth so that you can plant the seeds so that you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. That's the story of Achilles, which, again, is Greek and everybody kind of knows that story. Then Cancer is the crab. And it's the sideways moving creature. So what the sun does is starting on December 25th, it rises a degree on its axis. Every consequential day after that, it rises an additional one degree until it gets to June 21st. That's the height that the sun will be at. It's the highest the sun will be. That's known as the summer solstice. Then for three consecutive days after that, it stays at that height. And then on June 25th, it drops a degree. And then it continues to drop a degree every single day for you know, half a year until it gets to December 21st, which is the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year. It's the longest night. And for three, so they, the ancients used to say that God's son was dead on December 21st. Then for three days after, just like in, um, in June in cancer for three days after the sun stays at that low point, it doesn't rise a degree on its axis. So the ancients and all the ancient gods that you can talk about Mithra, you could talk about Horus. You could talk about Jesus. Everybody, all the ancient gods um, were dead for three days, and then they came back to life. In the Bible, you have plenty of stories like this. You have the story of, uh, for example, Jonah, who's dead in the whale for three days. Um, in the Midrash, in the uh, Jewish Midrash, there's a story that says that um, when Abraham sacrificed Isaac, he wasn't stopped, and he actually killed him, and he was dead for three days, and he came back. Um, you have constant mentions of being dead for three days, and that's why. So then Leo is the king. He's the king of the jungle, and the ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when they're talking about uh, heaven on earth or the kingdom of heaven is near, the kingdom of heaven is Leo because the sun is then. Right, okay? and Leo the lion, and, and Jesus is the lion of Judah. Exactly. We can go through all those names too in a moment. So Virgo is the woman holding the stalk of wheat. 
Okay, so remember before I said you plant in Taurus? Well, basically you plant in Taurus and then the, the virgins would go out and cultivate the wheat in Virgo because it was time to make the bread for the year. So you have the bread in Virgo. So anytime you hear the word bread or yeast or mustard seed or wheat from the chaff or any of those kind of phraseologies, anything that has to do with wheat or barley even, uh, that's when you harvest. That's Virgo. So they're talking about Virgo. Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. And the reason it's justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox. So in the spring equinox, remember, it crosses over the uh, equator on its way to its height. Well, in the fall, in the fall equinox, uh, it crosses over the equator on its way back down into hell, basically. That's where the sun is uh, set to. Now, Libra is also wine season. So whenever you hear grapes or thorn bushes or vine, like the parable of the vine, it's also olive season. So whenever you, when you hear the story about Jesus on the Mount of Olives, that's, uh, that has to do with it. So you have wine, um, judgment, judging, law, tax, um, grapes, things of that nature. That's all from Libra. And Scorpio is the scorpion and he's the betrayer. And when a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. And it's why Jews, Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss, because Judas symbolically represents Scorpio, and Scorpio is the betrayer. So a scorpion bites you, you look at your skin, and it looks like a, it looks like someone kissed you, but it's full of poison. That's the betrayal. Interesting. Okay, so the sun is judged in Libra, and it's betrayed in Scorpio. And finally, Sagittarius is the guy on the horse with the bow and the arrow. He shoots the bow and the arrow into the sun, inflicting further punishment on the sun. And in Sagittarius, you have December 21st. So whenever they're talking about a death in the Bible, okay, remember the sun dies on December 21st, and then it's dead for three days, and then it comes back to life December 25th, which is why everybody celebrates the birth uh, on December 25th. Many ancient gods, uh, why we celebrate Jesus's birth on December 25th, that's astrotheology. Right. There's plenty of people out there who say Jesus was born at the Feast of the Tabernacles or September 11th. I'm not here to argue that. I'm just here to tell you this is why it's celebrated on December 25th. Right, right. And to suggest that, that it, it is also an allegory for the celestial bodies doesn't necessarily discount the fact that, you know, these things happened on Earth. Uh, both can be well, true. Well, as above, so below. Very right. Well it, happen, yes. To be it, honest. I'm yes. not one to say. Right. You know, we have we have our own belief, you know, for the listeners, you know, you tend to be more um, Bible believing literalist. Yes. And I'm more of a um, astro theologist. But that's 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 the beauty of why we do so many podcasts together is because we both realize um, that there is magic on both sides. Right. Absolutely. Okay. okay. So we're, today so, you're going to take well, a look more, at the. One more, okay. One more, sorry. One more. We have Cap. We have Capricorn, ah. which, which is the goat. Yeah. And if you look at the zodiac wheel, Capricorn starts at the bottom of the wheel. And if you picture the sun on the zodiac wheel climbing one notch every day, okay, it starts its climb in Capricorn, okay? So it starts to climb up the mountain, so to speak. It's a metaphor. And Capricorn is the goat because there's no one better that climbs the mountain than the goat. So those are the 12 signs. Okay. So today we're going to take a look at the book of Revelation which is of course filled with prophecy and John's, uh, the, the Apostle John has his uh, visions, he's taken up into the throne room and, and uh, it's all very cryptic. Uh, so this will be an interesting one to apply 
this astrotheology to the, the the book of Revelation. Let's talk about John's vision of Christ. And he in in the in this chapter, he John turns around. He sees the voice that's speaking to him. He sees the 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 seven gold lampstands. Um, so let's. What what does that all mean in terms of astrotheology? Ah, uh, okay. Well, basically, one second, please. Here we go. John's vision of Christ. He says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Now, Aquarius is the sign of the man, is known as the son of man. That's why Jesus is the son of man when the sun is in Aquarius. When Jesus is in Pisces, he's the fisherman of men. And it's why he feeds the masses with two fish. When he's in Aries, he's the lamb of God. Um, when he's a lion, he's the lion of Judah. He's in Virgo. He's born of a virgin, and he's called the bread of life. You know, I mean, I can go on. Right. But basically, each when he's in each sign, you know, he has another name. So the Son of Man is automatically talking about Aquarius, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. So, if we're going to decode this with astrotheology based on the primer that I just gave you. I don't know if you want to call it a primer or a codex or basically the, 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 the key to understanding it. But among the lampstands was like someone like the Son of Man. This references Aquarius, which is the sign of man the son of man with a golden sash around his chest. So that's a metaphor for the sun being an Aquarius. The sun is the golden sash around his chest. Ah. Hair on his head was white like wool, which comes from a sheep or a ram referencing Aries. His eyes were like a blazing fire. Now it's talking about the blazing sun in Aries. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. This is referencing Aquarius again. Remember the story of the the boy flooding the earth? In his right hand, he held the seven stars. Well, Richard, do you know what the seven stars are? Uh, Pleiades. Exactly. That's what they're referencing. And they knew about the Pleiades back then. Oh, uh, interesting. There's plenty of references to that. Now, the, the thing that I'll tell you that I don't go into is I don't go deep into numerology, to be honest. That's not really my forte. That's not really what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's too open-ended as far as... I feel like the information that I present is, I'm not going to say open and closed, but it makes a strong correlation to it. But when, when you start talking about like 10 lampshades and seven this and seven, right. it's just, it's too much, you know, it's too much interpretation for me. And I don't want to get involved in that because I try to like making uh, points. Okay. But, but why reference talk- that particular constellation, Pleiades, or that, not constellation, but that, uh, that cluster of the seven stars? stars seven, yeah. Si- well, they're called the seven sisters. Right. Um, but basically, the reason to reference it is because they were a known constellation back then. Have you ever seen that? Uh, it's like an ancient disc. It's like a golden disc, and it has the seven stars on it. They knew these were important stars. Uh, okay. Whether or not there were other beings that come from it, from that area or so. Ah, uh, um, okay. I'm not really sure, but that's basically what they're referencing to. So I will tell you the seven stars are definitely the Pleiades. So uh-huh. we move to uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. What's happening here, Micah? Okay, well, we know that the lion is Leo. We know that the ox is Taurus. And we know that the face, that the face like a man, the sun of man, the sign of man is Aquarius. 
right? Just so we're clear, Aquarius is the man and Virgo is the woman in the Zodiac, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the sign Scorpio in astrology, okay, in astrology, the scorpion is the belly crawling creature. Yes. Okay, so it's the lowest form of life on earth. It crawls on its belly much like God made uh, the snake do after the betrayal, right? So crawling on your belly just to live your life is the lowest form. But in astrology, the scorpion's evolved form is the flying eagle, which is the highest uh, flying animal. So it's the highest form of life. It evolves one more time from the flying eagle and it becomes the phoenix. And we know the story of the phoenix. It's basically the story of Jesus. It's uh, Jesus as the sun, S-U-N. It's basically a flaming ball that uh, lives and then dies and is resurrected. Right. You know? So basically, you take these four signs, Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and the flying eagle is Scorpio, okay? Those are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. You have signs like you have cardinal, you have mutable, you have fixed signs. Um, they're the four fixed signs. And the interesting thing, too, is, is that... Um, the, when you when you connect, you have a zodiac wheel, and you connect the solstices with the equinox, it forms a perfect cross. Astrologically, that's the cross of God's sun that He lives and dies on. Okay, these four signs in Revelation four seven form a perfect X through the cross. It's an amazing thing to see it, but that's basically why they did it. They're just encoding this information ah, in order to be retrieved. Interesting. All right. So again, the sign numbers for those four zodiac symbols one seven four ten. They're all cross signs, all in the the dead of their season. All right, moving on to uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Again, a lot of cryptic um, imagery here. So this would mention that Jesus Christ, the Son, S-U-N of God, also known as the Lion of Judah when the Son is in Leo, the sun actually rules the planet of Leo, is able to open the scrolls and the seven seals. I'm not really sure what the seven seals mean to, um, but the Pleiades, for those who don't know, are in the sign of Taurus. Okay? So when they're basically saying he's able to open the scrolls, that could be talking about the fact that um, the line of Judah, the sun, the son of God, is in its resting place. It's in its home, and its home is in Leo. So that's what it's trying to say. Was Christ possibly indicating that that's where he came from, Pleiades? It could be. It, it, it could be. I mean, I would have to look into that a little bit further, and I don't even know if I would know the answer after mulling that over for a thousand years. <laughs> More of my conversation with Micah Dank when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. 
Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal, but if you want more... Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Reduce stress and enhance your immune system. ESS60 from C60 Evo. C60 is the carbon 60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS60 organic oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast or go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. C- c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Theoretical physicists say that there is as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? 
Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Or something like that. I'll ask Richard later. Micah Dankus here, and we're discussing astrotheology in the book of Revelation. Revelation 6, I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. Okay. So I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Okay, so there's seven seals. You watched as the Lamb. So the Lamb is the ram in Aries. So the sun has opened the first seal while in Aries. So the first seal is opened when the sun is in Aries. Okay. Uh, it goes on, I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow. Perfect. Before the lamb stood Sagittarius, the white horse. Okay. It's rider with a bow and an arrow. Ah. Sagittarius is where the sun dies. This is the first of the four horsemen. The horsemen <clears throat> are all in Sagittarius where the sun dies. There will be four Sagittarius where the sun dies. See, I mean, the horseman is Sagittarius. The four horsemen is, there's four gospels, there's four deaths. This death is in Sagittarius, so there's four deaths, four, four horses. Does right, the, the four horses of the apocalypse. Right. Okay. So then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages and do not damage the oil and the wine. I remember this, you know, th these passages are just, they're almost inscrutable. How do you mean? Well, it's just so for, you know, so difficult to figure out, you know, what is happening. This is uh, like, I'm from, I'm a Greek Orthodox and we do not, this is the one book in the Bible they don't read in, in uh, during a liturgy, just because it is it's so difficult to understand. It's so cryptic. It's so open to interpretation. Anyway, well, so what is the astrotheological? The wheat reference is Virgo, the virgin with the wheat stalk, as well as the barley, like I mentioned before. It's when you harvest the grain. Right. Also, two pounds plus six pounds equals eight pounds. Mm -hmm. Virgo is the eighth sign of the zodiac. My, isn't right that... after, yeah. So right after Virgo is Libra, where the oil and the wine come from. Remember, I told you olives. Right, right. Olives and wine, grapes. Most olives are ready to harvest when the juice turns cloudy. It's called the green ripe, and it's a stage late September, which is Libra. It's it's very neat and tidy, isn't it? My word. All right. So um, where do we go here now? I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, uh, and, the and the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. So the sun turned black like a sackcloth made of goat hair. The moon turned Okay, so the goat is Capricorn, because we know Capricorn is the goat. Right. And it's black is because Saturn is the ruling planet of Capricorn, which is known as the black planet. Okay, mm -hmm. the Jews wear a black cube on their forehead when they pray. The Muslims worship when they circle around the Kaaba in Mecca. Yes, a giant black cube. Yes, uh, the Nintendo black cube came out. The black cube is is the thing. You wear a mortar hat when you graduate. You wear a black cube on your head. Ah, um, interesting. So the the moon turned blood red directly across of Capricorn's cross sign is Cancer, whose ruling planet is the moon. Cancer is Cancer is ruled by the moon. So. 
the first time things are good to eat are in June or Cancer. So that's two reasons why it would be in Cancer. The second time they are good to eat is from August to October, which is basically Libra. So that's what that was saying. All right. Um, Revelation 7, 4. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. This is a very right, famous so this, passage. This is a very famous thing. Um, I, is it the Mormons or the Latter-day Saints? I forget. Who is the ones that uh, believe that there is a literal 144,000 people predestined for heaven? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I'm not – well, I think even in the evangelical um, branch of Christianity, they believe that. Do they? They believe. Well, I have a friend that's an evangelical, and he's telling me that he's he's starting to believe that more and more. But I'm going to explain the 144,000. I'm going to explain to you this is ancient science. Now, remember, the Jews and the Christians may be ancient sects, so to speak, but there was also things like Buddhism and Hinduism that ran parallel, and the Chinese too. The Chinese had their own zodiac. Um, everything ran parallel in time. Okay. So when you're talking about, are you familiar with the chakras? Oh, yes. Okay, this is going to make sense to you then. I'm going to make sense of the 144,000. There are seven chakras, okay? The root has four petals. The sacral has six. The solar plexus has 10, and the heart has 12. And the throat has 16. So you add that up, that equals 48. The third eye chakra is represented by 96, and only has two petals because it's two times as powerful as the lower chakras. So now we're at 48 times two as you get 96. The crown chakra is 1,000 times more powerful than the lower six chakras. When you add the lower six chakras, you get the 96 that I just mentioned plus the 48 that I just mentioned. That's 144. You times that by 1,000, you get your 144,000. Uh. So when you've activated all your chakras, that's how you go to heaven. That's how you go to heaven when your chakras, when your third eye. That's is when you see God. Yeah. That's when you see God. It's important to know too that Christ comes from Christos, which is which in Greek means oil. It's a title. It's not a name. Christ wasn't a last name. It's a right. title. Right. Okay, exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Did you put? I mean, is that something that you figured out the chakras all on your own? I didn't figure the chakras out on my own. To full disclosure. Full okay. Disclosure, but. Um, but to me, that's what it is. It's fascinating. Everything has a deep spiritual meaning to it. To me, it makes more sense that this is what it means than out of the maybe 150 billion people that have ever lived on Earth, only 144,000 go to heaven. You mentioned activating your chakras. That's when you see God. You're talking about Christos in Greek. Uh, that means right. oil. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, what? How does the oil play into the the chakras? So you have you have a sacred oil in your spine that climbs up your spine, which is all thirty three of them. That's why thirty three is such a magical number to the Illuminati and to others because there's thirty three bones in your spine. Uh, the, the spine actually is known as Jacob's ladder. So you have this this oil that climbs up Jacob's ladder. And it sets in your pineal gland, which is basically your resurrection. So it's just a metaphor for it. Hmm. Fascinating. All right. Revelation 9.3. And out of the smoke locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. 
So the locusts came down on Earth and were given powers like the scorpions. They were given power like Scorpio, which is basically to betray. It's to freeze the sun. They were basically given all this evil, uh, this evil, uh, I wouldn't say evil, but they're basically given this negative connotation. You know, you remember the locusts in the, in the plagues, you know, they, 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 they always seem to show up at the, at the naughty time. Right. And right. Scorpio is the negative sign in the Zodiac for the most part, because it's the betrayer. Right. Let's see. Revelation 9, 7, the locusts looked like horses prepared for battle on their heads. They wore something like crowns of gold and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like woman's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had tails with stingers like scorpions. So the locusts looked like Sagittarius. They looked like horses prepared for battle. They wore a crown of gold, or they're talking about the sun in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the man on the horse with the bow and the arrow. Their faces resembled human faces. Their teeth were like the teeth of a lion, Leo. They had stingers like scorpions, Scorpio. These, these are all just mentions of the different signs. That's all they are. Revelation 12, 1. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain, and she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. This is also a very famous uh, right. passage in Revelation. And if we're going to decode this with astrotheology, a sign appeared, okay? A woman clothed with the sun is the sun in Virgo. Being clothed is a metaphor. They're just talking about the sun in Virgo. Now, the sun spends – there's 12 signs of the zodiac. You cannot look out into the sky anywhere you look and look outside of the zodiac. We're encased by it. It's our clock, okay? So the sun – there's 12 signs. The sun spends two hours in each sign. That's your 24-hour day, Okay. So if the sun is in Virgo, you're talking about 3, 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And if the sun is out in Virgo, if the sun is out midday, then the moon is directly under it, right? The sun is out, the moon goes up, the moon goes up, the sun goes down. Right. Okay. And she was pregnant, another sign towards the virgin birth. Now, an enormous red dragon appeared. Okay. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky. There's a constellation they knew about that we know about very well called Draco. Are you familiar with it? Oh, yes. Yes. Draco is the dragon. And do you know that its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths or one third of the stars out of the sky? So it swept a third of the stars out of the sky. Yep. It's a metaphor. And flung them to earth. Now, the literal translation of that would be the, the, the fallen angels, right? The stars yeah. are the angels, and they were cast out of heaven. Right. All right. Uh, Revelation 13.2, the beast I saw resembled a leopard but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. So there's a constellation called Camelopardalis, which can reference a camel, Camelos, and a leopard, Pardalis. The giraffe was called the camel leopard. So the beast represents Camelopardalis, but had the feet of a bear. Well, the bear is Ursa Major and Ursa Minor, represented by the great bear and her cubs. Hmm. So it's just another veiled reference to the stars. Okay. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. Okay. So the second beast coming out of earth had the head of a lamb. Well, that's Aries. Okay. But spoke like a dragon. That's Draco. Draco is in Aries. Okay. 
if you wrap the human head around the zodiac, it always starts with the head in Aries, and the feet end up in Pisces. Okay, Aries is the god of war. Yeah, Mars is the ruling planet of Aries. He's the god of war. That's where you get hot-headed from. Mm-hmm. And the feet are in Pisces, in the water, which is wet, which is cold. That's where you get cold feet. The phrase. So you get hot-headed and cold feet. Okay. All right. The ruling planet of Aries is is Mars, the god of war. So that's why most Aryans, men at least, tend to be hot-headed and fierce. Interesting. Okay. Um, so, but what is it? Uh, I mean, it keeps sort of repeating. Uh, you know these astrological signs, but what does the narrative here then mean? Do we know? Does so, it- so yes, that's the million dollar question. Is there a narrative? And it's in the same way that um, if you were going to tell your children um, all your financial information, you'd either keep it in a safe or you'd give them a letter with maybe coded things or you'd keep it in, the, in your phone under a special name. You would keep it encoded. You would protect the precious information. Okay, knowing about the stars and the zodiac and everything is the precious information. Because back in the day when they were figuring all this stuff out, they didn't have any clocks, watches, smartphones, calendars. Okay, so they had no idea what day of the month it was, uh, unless they actually followed the sun, followed the moon, which tells you the day of the month, and the zodiac, which tells you the month. Um, they had to discover this clock because they basically. They had to know when they had to know basically when to fish. They had to know when to plant. They had to know when to harvest. They had to know when winter was coming, when the sun was going down. They had to know all this information. And that's the information that they encoded because that is the ancient sacred information. So basically they hid it from people. And Jesus says, uh, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about being able to see beneath the veil and, and actually be able to understand all this encoded astrology. You know, I've been on with you a bunch of times. We've done a bunch of different books where it's it follows the same pattern, no? Right. Oh, yes, it does. Okay. Revelation 8.13. Cargoes of, a, of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and human beings sold as slaves. Wine and olive oil is September or Libra. Flour and wheat is Virgo with a wheat stalk. Cattle and sheep are Taurus and Aries. Horses are Sagittarius, and human beings are the sign of Aquarius. All right. Wow. That's um, that's quite a different take on the Book of Revelation. It is. Sure you've never heard of. No. I mean, I, <laughs> I, as I say, I find Revelation almost inscrutable. Very difficult. This is very neat and tidy. I mean, all of these. That's what I like about it is because if you just follow the primer that I gave you, all you got to do is explain to someone the 12 signs. Right. Explain them the way I did. You know, you know, when you're talking about wheat, you're talking about Virgo. You know, when you're talking about the bull, you're talking about uh, or you're talking about war. You know that the, the, the ruling planet of Aries is Mars, who's the god of war. The ruling planet of Venus is love. I'm sorry. The ruling planet of Libra is Venus, who's the goddess of love. You know, you, you know all this stuff. When you learn all this stuff, you can read the Bible very differently. All right. So that is the astrotheological analysis of Revelation. Uh, before I let you go, Micah, how do people uh, get a hold of your Into the Rabbit Hole series of books, which is now what? Uh, there are six in the series? There's six in the series, four are out. And my book series is basically a fictionalized account of all this stuff where the characters learn all this stuff. I go into 
the code's much deeper uh, in the book series. But basically, it's a fictionalized account, much like 1984 was a fictionalized account of something real um, that was yet to happen. Um, it's the same kind of thing. And I'm on Twitter or Facebook at Micah Dank. I think Twitter is real Mr. Dank. Um, but my books are on Amazon. Or if you want to get author copies for me, you can reach out to me. Um, and uh, we work something out with PayPal or Venmo. And I'll mail them to you directly. And my publicist is currently in the process because I have a six book deal. My publicist is in the process right now. We're talking to a, uh, a TV head who's who's interested. You know, he read my first book and he's reading my second book right now. So we're hoping to get some information. Maybe we could turn this into a TV series or a Netflix thing. Fantastic. Wow. That would be awesome. Micah, always fascinating speaking with you. Thank you so much. Richard, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few minutes to tell you about an upcoming episode. Check out the huge selection of Strange Planet merchandise in my online shop. Go to strangeplanet.ca and click on Shop in the menu or find the link in the episode notes for this podcast. At my Strange Planet shop, you'll find unique men's, women's, unisex t-shirts and athletic shirts, leggings, tote bags, mugs, neck gaiters, and stickers and more. All emblazoned with amazing artwork designed exclusively for my Strange Planet shop by artist-illustrator Rick Forgus. If you're a fan of Strange Planet, why not show it off? Go to strangeplanet.ca and click on shop or go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the link. It's a strange planet. Dress for it. Coming up next time, paleo fiction sci-fi thriller author Max Hawthorne is back with true tales of monsters and marine mysteries. The Pearl was a 150-foot schooner with crew. They saw something enormous moving along just beneath the surface, and they thought it was a sea serpent at first, and then the one guy said, no, 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 that, that's a squid or a kraken or whatever he was calling it. And they were going to shoot at it, and the guy warned them, you shouldn't do that because you might anger it. It's what they did. They opened fire on the thing with their rifles, and they angered it. And this squid starts getting peppered with bullets or musket balls, whatever they are, and it attacks the pearl. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.